this land is your land, and this land is my oh, I like land. From the California, yeah. to the New York Island, and the Redwood Forest, to the Gulf Stream waters. This land was made for you and me. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. I'm Ethan Hatcher from Saturday Night on the Circle, and that's the master of brewing and commerce. We're hopping with the Brad Klopfenstein. And wrapping things up here on a Monday before July 4th. I've had a hell of a fun show, guys. Oh, it's, it's been, been awesome. It's been great. How do you like doing mornings? Or mid-mornings. Um, I like any opportunity to be on the air of WIBC, but truth be told, I hate mornings. I am not a morning person. This bright and chipper attitude you see, it's all an act. I'm, you know, miserable. On you got to crash it. I've, I've woken up, so, you know, of course it's 11.50, but, you know, 9 a.m. <laughs> That's why I got all my work done last night, you know, so I didn't have to drag my butt in here six o'clock in the morning and go grab all the sound and put all the type, you know, type and put all the stories together. Like, didn't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I've done mornings. It's it's not my favorite, yeah. but. But but thank you, Kendall and Casey, and thank you, uh, uh, executive producer Matt and programming director David, for giving Brad and I the opportunity to fill in here on the show. I'm certainly not going to complain no, just because no, I, mornings I are not my cup of tea. I appreciate the ask. It's like, yeah. Heck yeah. I get to come in and talk about whatever we want to talk about. Heck, that's great. Goofing off while talking about the news. I mean, you know, one of the greatest jobs on earth. I love this work. It is. Although not quite as good as my actual paying job being president of the Greater Lawrence Chamber of Commerce. Hashtag why I love Lawrence. But this is way more fun. I know. It actually is. This is pretty darn fun. (laughs) Thanks for listening to 93 WIBC. We're wrapping up. Now, you may have thought the age of exploration had long since come to an end, but I love when archaeologists make modern discoveries, stuff hidden in the sands or the forests or the jungles, and this coming from the Yucatan Peninsula of Mexico, where archaeologists have found another undiscovered Mayan village that was inhabited, probably uh, important from the year 250 to 1000 AD. Isn't that cool? Hidden in the jungles, found it with LIDAR, 50-foot tall pyramids, and they're like, oh, we didn't know this was here. This is a story that's happened many times in Mexico, finding these ruins, but it's cool every time it does. It is. My wife used to go to Mexico, and she would go to the the Mayan ruins, and she was talking to some of the locals, and they're like, well, no, these aren't the only ones. These are just the ones that we keep up for the tourists. They're Mm -hmm. like, there's another one right over here. And she went walking through the jungle a little bit, and sure enough, there's another pyramid there, but it's just they didn't have the wherewithal to to keep it up. Well, and a lot of the stuff was uh, decimated by the Catholic colonists who came in, and we toured, I I went to Mexico uh, too before, and toured some of these Mayan ruins, and one of them they had dismantled to build the Catholic church, so it was made with the stones (laughs) of the the Mayan pyramid. They're like, no, 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 we got to repurpose this. That's common throughout history, though, because uh, the pyramids were plundered for architectural building material for centuries. You have several mosques uh, that are constructed in Egypt with pyramid stone. Um, you got the same thing with uh, uh, retainer walls or uh, churches in England that were constructed with material from Hadrian's Wall, where they just dismantled the Roman wall, the stone works. You know, they already got this stone lying around. It's a valuable material. Just, you know, repurpose.
process this stuff. It's like ancient recycling, but you're ta- you're, you're, you're gutting uh, our history. You, you like antiques and I old do. buildings. Let me add, have you ever been across the Wabash Cannonball Bridge south of Vincennes? No, tell me about it. Okay, so it's an old rail bridge. The railroad pulled out 100 years ago. The local farmer bought the bridge, turned it into a toll bridge. It's a wooden plank, one lane, and it's about a half mile long. Ooh. So... It costs like two dollars to go across it, but that'd be worth it. Uh, the one of the cool things is the guardrails on the side are actually the old tracks from when it was a rail line. Oh wow! So if you stop and look, it's like oh, that's rail as opposed to a normal guardrail. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's way cool. But yeah, because it's one lane, it's not uncommon that you get two cars going in opposite directions, and then it's kind of the Mexican standoff of somebody's got to back up. So that you could both get through. But now, it is ab- it is way cool to go across. I know. I'm glad you mentioned my antiquing hobby because I kind of wanted to brag here in the last segment. Please we have a, do. We have another story um, from Germany in the town of Nordlingen, Bavaria, where they found a 3,000-year-old bronze sword in a burial mound with three bodies. And this is apparently in pristine con- condition. It comes from the Bronze Age of the medieval period. And they're very seldom found in that good of condition or found at all being so aged. But. I had a cool experience out in Pennsylvania. Uh, I was antiquing with a friend in Adamstown, and he just very casually pointed. He's like, hey, did you check out that dagger there? And take a look. Ooh, God, got to check this out. It had the aged bronze patina. It looked very ornate. It was only 100 bucks, and better yet, on a 20% sale. So I got this thing for 80 bucks, but had a hunch that it was worth asking around about. So I took this dagger and farmed it to several appraisers. I tried taking it to the Indiana State Museum, uh, where he, the, the curator there said his ex- expertise was in Indiana antiques. I also tried taking it to Newfields, the uh, Indianapolis Art Museum, and getting them to take a look at it, but they refused to uh, appraise any items that weren't within their co- collection. But I eventually got connected with Artemis Galleries of Colorado, where I shipped this dagger and discovered... It turns out to have tested positive for being consistent with a Han Dynasty dagger from the Bronze Age of China, which makes that 2,000-year-old that I picked up for 80 bucks in a Pennsylvania antique store, and I am holding on to that thing like grim death. I just think that's so hella cool. What's the show on PBS? Uh, antique- Antiques Roadster. Ant- Antiques Roadshow. That's something you absolutely ought to get on the Antiques Roadshow. As an Road Antiques Roadshow moment, I was blown away when it tested positive. I mean, just to put into perspective how old that is, the dagger that I found in Pennsylvania is older than the historical existence of Jesus. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, just don't don't take it to Pawn Stars. Because no. they're, they're going to offer you like 20 bucks. Yeah, best we can do. You know, yeah. $50, best <laughs> we can do. Sorry, best we can do. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Kendall and Casey with Ethan and Brad filling in. Guys... I've had a fun time. Kev, thanks for the beautiful music selection. And Brad, thanks for bringing your great attitude to the show. Ethan, it's been a blast. Kevin, thank you very much. Can't wait to be here again on 93 WIBC. I was strolling, the wheat fields waving, the dust clouds rolling, the voice coming chanting, and the fog was lifting. This land was made for you and me.